As you're being seated, open your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3. The other day I went by to check on a friend of 25 plus years who's been diagnosed with cancer and he just got through the surgery a week or so ago and uh, he's doing well, there's a good prognosis and some of you all have been there, some of you may be there, some of you understand what I am saying more so than I can express but there's some places in life we would never choose to go on our own, right? There's sometimes you follow paths in life that are just handed to you and you have no choice in the matter. And so when you find yourself going down a path, when you find yourself traveling a way that you did not necessarily choose to go down, but you're having to go down it, you need to ask God, Lord, teach me what you're trying to teach me through this process. Lord, show me what you're trying to show me. Let me learn everything you want me to learn while I'm in this situation, Father God, because you've brought me here for a reason and we don't always understand the whys and we don't always make sense of it but you have to understand almighty God is still on his throne he has never been knocked off he has never gotten concerned he has never gotten shaken why because he is God almighty and he loves you and he loves me so much that he gave Jesus Christ on Calvary that we might have life and life in abundance that we might have forgiveness of sin that we can pillow our head at night without a guilty conscience wearing us out why because he is our savior he is our Lord. And oftentimes in life, you will find yourself facing situations, facing challenges. You will find yourself going to places you would have never dreamed you would have gone to. Look what it says in Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God, even to Orab. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. Sometimes you'll find yourself living in a place you never expected you would live in. Sometimes you'll find yourself going to a situation you never dreamed you would go through. And you look at it from the outside and you say, this is not a good career move. You ever done that? How is this going to help my future? How is this going to help my hopes? How is this going to help my ambition? This is not a good career move. And sometimes we don't have a choice. And sometimes we have to go places we didn't choose. And sometimes and oftentimes we've got to get the mindset of a good career move out of our system because this is how we have to face this next stage and phase of life. You look at the story of Moses and here we find this man who one time had everything going for him. At one time he was the probably the most impressive man in Egypt. Josephus, the historian, tells us he was a military strategist and he was next in line to be Pharaoh. He was next in line to be the ruler of all of Egypt, the largest empire, the largest army of that time and day. And all of a sudden, here it is, Egypt, or Moses, his life started out with an issue, did it not? He was born in a time when baby boys were not reaching a, a, a age of healthy existence. He was born 
born in a time when it wasn't popular to be born a baby boy. Because when he was born, there was an edict that all the Hebrew boys should be killed. And Moses' mother, she listened to God and she obeyed God in spite of what the law said. She obeyed Lord God Almighty, hid him in the bulrushes. And then all of a sudden, God, by his providence, he saw fit to allow his own mother to raise him in the palace. You know the story. He was raised with palace royalty. He was raised with palace finery. He had the finest education. He had all the wealth. He had everything to have an impressive resume. But he was raised by a godly Hebrew woman, his own mama. And you can guarantee she taught him the things of Almighty God. She taught him how God protected him. She taught him how God sustained him. She taught him how God looked out for him when he couldn't even look out for himself. And one day he's out and he sees two Egyptian men arguing, fighting, and he decides he will help out. And he ends up killing one of the Egyptians. He buries him in the sand and he goes about his way. The next day he sees two Hebrew men fighting and he starts to help out there. And they look at him and he says to him, are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And he realizes, I've been found out. What do you do when you realize, I've been found out? Do you drop to your knees in front of Almighty God and whoever else is around and beg for mercy, beg for forgiveness? Or do you run? (laughs) Where do you run to? As far as you can get away, you run. And that's what Moses did. Because he realized he had been found out, he ran to the desert. And not only to the desert, he ended up on the backside of the desert. Here this man who was a military strategist. Here this man who had the finest education. Here this man who had everything going for him to be successful in the world with which he lived. He found himself in no man's land. He found himself there herding sheep that didn't even belong to himself. He found himself in a place he did not particularly like. It was not a comfortable place. And do you realize in life, most of the time we make choices based on how comfortable am I going to be in this? You ever done that? I have. How's this going to affect my comfort zone? How's this going to affect my conveniences? How's this going to affect and impact me? And we make choices merely on a surface level mindset about my comfort and how I'm going to feel good in this situation. And look at what Moses, what happened to him. He went from being at the palace where he had anything he wanted at his beck and call. He went to the backside of a desert. He went beyond the desert to the backside where there was nothing, my friends, but dust. There was nothing but barrenness. There was nothing but but, 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 but aloneness. He went from being there being everything to be nothing and listen to me we better be careful when we make decisions just simply based on our comfort and our comfort zone because the world can appear very comfortable can it not and the world can woo us and woo us away and cause us to make decisions oh this is good and this is going to be better and i'm going to feel so well but listen to me we'll make decisions but the world says make and it'll cost us because the world just like egypt it kills our babies You got that? Oh, I want them to go to this college. I want them to go to this university. Oh, it's got the best. And they will destroy your children spiritually with ungodly professors and ungodly men and women. Why? Because that's what the devil does. He just don't want to kill me and you. He wants to kill you too. 
See, 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 the world will, will kill your babies. The world will, will, will destroy your dreams. And when you make decisions based solely on, is this going to be comfortable for me? Get ready. Because it's costly when you make decisions merely based on how does this comfort me. How do you make decisions, guys? How do you make choices in life? Do you ever filter what you're doing through the Word of God and through the plan of God and based on the will of God? Or you just say, this looks like it'll be good for me. This looks like it will benefit me in the here and now. Because when we make decisions and choices that way, get ready, there's a price that'll be paid. And Moses, he ended up going to a place he never dreamed he would go to. He ended up going to the backside of the desert. Why? Because God on his throne had a plan. And God was going to work out his plan. Now, now, now listen to me. Nobody forced Moses to go to the backside of the desert. And sometimes you're sitting there saying, well, if God would just open that door and God would show me, I would do whatever God wants. Listen to me. God will never force you to do anything. You have to make a choice to yield to the Word of God and to yield to the will of God. Because if you're waiting on God to push you, to force you, that's not the way He is. He wants you to surrender to Him wholeheartedly, willingly. You give yourself. And yes, He can arrange circumstances that will get you there. But you've got to make a choice. Where will you go? The way of faith or the way of the world? The way of convenience, the way of commitment. The way of comfort, the way of surrender to Christ and to the very lordship of Jesus Christ. See, see, see oftentimes we make our choices based on how it affects my comfort zone and, and we're making wrong choices because it's not about your comfort zone. It's about what the will of God is and it's about what the plan of God is and it's about you as a man, woman of God, learning everything God was to have you to learn in this time of your life, in this time of existence. Are you in a position to do that? Moses, he had prestige he had prominence, he had education, he had wealth, he had everything that we automatically look at and say, that's what you should strive for. But he lacked one thing in his life. He lacked that walk with the Father. He lacked that anointing that only God can give. He lacked allowing God to work whereby God can use him to do beyond what Moses could imagine could be done through his own life. And so God got him to the desert. And God got him to the backside of the desert. And in the backside of the desert, God taught him lessons he was never going to learn otherwise. How difficult is your life right now? How many problems are you got and you can list them right now? How many issues have you got going on right now and you don't understand them and you don't like them and they don't feel good? Maybe, just maybe, God has said, I've got you in a place now where I'm going to speak to you. I've got you in a place now where you're going to listen to me. I've got you in a place now where you're going to look to me and quit looking to the world to get your fix and to get your comfort. Now I've got you to a place where you will hear my word, my will, and you will be like Moses. You will take your shoes off because of the holiness of the place you are standing there you will be like Moses you will say Lord here I am where are you what's going on with you what did Moses learn on the backside 
of the desert. See, that's where life's greatest lessons are learned. It's through the difficulties of life. It's through the hardships of life. Somebody's always bailing you out, getting you out. You don't ever learn nothing, do you? You learn it through the challenges. You learn it through the heartache. You learn these lessons of life as you look to God. And so what was it that Moses learned where he realized it's not about fame. It's not about fortune. It's not about making a big name for us. What did Moses find on the backside of the desert? Well, the first thing he found, if you look in chapter 2 and verse 21, he found a mate. And Moses was content to dwell with a man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. On the backside of the desert, Moses found his life mate. On the backside of the desert, Moses found his wife. Do you know where I met my wife? It was not at a bar. It was not on a chat room. It was not in a club. I met her at church. And do you know something else? I not only met her at church, I met her at Sunday night church. I didn't meet her on Sunday morning where everybody shows up just to be seen that they're at church today. I met her on a time where few people show up to be seen. Why? And we have that in common. We have this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you want God to bring into your life a godly woman or a godly man, why don't you start looking at the church house? (laughs) I met her at church. Now, I can't help it that she didn't think I was that good at that time. I had to work a little bit. Because she had another guy in front of me she was looking at. But I worked that one out, didn't I, baby? (laughs) so if you're looking for God to bring someone into your life go to church Sunday night I had an old boy up in West Virginia when we pastored there he was a single pastor and they would start church at 6 o'clock kind of like we do on Sunday nights he would get done and he would drive to local churches to see what ladies come out from Sunday night church that might be a prospect for him I thought woo see he's looking in the right spot why because that can be your greatest asset. That will be your greatest help meet your bride, your husband. And so here's what Moses found on the backside. You imagine all the women he could have had in Egypt. You imagine how he walked down that street and he was giving that little strut going on when he walked. And he was looking good with all those robes and all that gold flashing as he walked by. And everybody said, oh, there's Moses. And the lady, your eyes roll back into your head. You thought, oh, what's that word I heard you all say? Man candy? I don't know what that means. I have never heard that till I came here. But when they looked at Moses, they said, whoa, look at Moses. And all of a sudden, God said, no way, brother. You're not going to get hooked up with some Egyptian woman. You don't need to be hooked up with somebody in the world. I'm going to take you back. That ain't in my notes. So anyway, don't worry about that one. He found his mate, his helpmate in the desert. What else did he find? In the desert. It says there in chapter 3, it says in verse 1, and he came to the mountain of God. Isn't that a strange place to find the mountain of God in the middle of nowhere? See, it's called Mount Oreb. It's called Mount Sinai and other places. But here was Moses. He was out herding sheep. How long was he herding sheep? Forty 
years. Guys, that's a long time not to even own the sheep. He's just herding sheep. Forty years he's been out there with his staff herding sheep, taking care of the flocks, and he's leading them. And he comes to Mount Oreb and he discovers this mountain of God in the middle. Of, do you know what God does sometimes in your life and my life? What he tries to teach us? He takes us to those moments of aloneness whereby we're not distracted by other people and other things. He takes us to those moments of isolation where he gets us away from the busyness of life. And he says, I've got lessons to teach you. I've got lessons to teach you. You've got to learn. And so God takes us away from our friends. He takes us away from our family. He takes us out by ourselves so we can be alone. That he has our undivided attention. And it ain't fun sometimes, the aloneness, is it? I mean, God told at the very beginning of the Bible, before the sin came with Adam and Eve, he said it is not good for man to be alone. But there are seasons where you go through aloneness. And those seasons of aloneness, God has a plan and God has a purpose. Because in those seasons of aloneness, God says, I want you to discover something. I want you to discover the mountain of God. I want you to discover the place of God. I want you to understand, here it is at this mountain, that God says, I want to communicate to you my will, my word. I want you to understand in such a way that you've never understood before what I am trying to do and he didn't find it in the busyness of city life he didn't find it taking all his buddies along and all his friends he found it when he was alone on the backside of the desert he discovered the mountain of God he discovered the place of God you know what else he found he found a miracle you want a miracle in your life most of us We want God to fix it, and then we can forget it. But God doesn't want to just fix it so you can forget it. God wants to work a miracle in your life so it changes you, and it changes your perspective, and it changes your direction from this day forward. Here it was Moses. He's there on the backside of the desert. He encounters the mountain of God, the place of God, in the middle of nowhere by himself. And all of a sudden, he sees a bush that's being burned. That's not the miracle. It was being burned, but it wasn't being consumed. Have you ever asked yourself, I wonder how long that bush was on fire? You ever wonder that? It may have been on fire since the very beginning because this is the mountain of God. I know when God allowed Moses to bring the Israelites back that way to the mountain of God, I can imagine him talking to Joshua. And Joshua said, can you think that bush is still burning? And Moses points up to the top of the mountain. He said, the bush ain't burning. The whole mountain's ablaze with the glory of God. Why? Because this is the mountain. This is the place of God. See, the miracle was the bush burned, but it did not get consumed. We're going to burn brush after 6 o'clock tonight to be in accordance with what the law says. We will have heaters prior to that. But hear me, what's going to happen is we're going to take these logs and we're going to take this stuff and we're going to put it on this fire and it's going to burn and we got to get more. Why? Because it keeps burning up. And hear me, God says in my life what he wants of Mark Pardon. He said, I want you to lay your life on the altar and I want you to burn up for my glory and I want you to go down to nothing but ashes. Because ashes, they move at the simplest breath of the Spirit of God. 
When you blow on ashes, they go every direction. Why? Because they're ashes. They've lost everything they are. And that's what God wants from your life and my life. He says, I want you to lay yourself out and just come to ashes. Whereby you just move at my gentlest prompting. You move at my gentlest breath. But hear me, that bush, it burned. It never consumed. That was the miracle. And Moses, he's looking at that miracle. And he's sitting there scratching his head saying, I've never seen something like that before. I've never experienced something like that before. And all of a sudden, God spoke to him. You ever have God speak to you? See, sometimes you've got to get away from everybody. You've got to get away from the distractions. And you've got to get alone whereby you can hear God with clarity. And God can speak his word into your life. You have to get to that isolated place. And you start agonizing over the will of God. Agonizing over the plan of God. And God spoke to him. You know... I love coming to church. I love singing the praises of God. I love when the Holy Spirit's walking up and down these aisles and goosebumps, Holy Ghost bumps come up on your body. I love when he starts stirring inside you. And maybe you don't react like I react, but he starts stirring in me. And my body sometimes starts twisting and I just can't help it because he starts moving. And my leg, I know it goes up. I don't plan that. It just kind of does that on its own. But when God starts moving and God starts stirring inside, I love those moments when God does it. But hear me greater than that is those moments by myself when I'm alone with my Savior and I've got my Bible open and I'm reading and I'm praying and all of a sudden I sense God speaking a word of truth to me. I see God taking something off the pages and he starts bearing it inside my heart when he starts speaking into my spirit. Man, that excites me. See, and God spoke to Moses and when God spoke to Moses, he encountered Moses because Moses turned aside. And you know the first thing that God said? He said, take your shoes off, boy. This is holy. You ever been in a place where you feel like the holiness of God is so great and your sin is so awful? You ever been in a place where, where, where you sense the presence, the holiness of God, and all you can do is get on your knees and lay on your face because you're not worthy to be where you are and you don't want to dare raise your head, speak a word, try to give God some advice or direction? Have you ever been there? Because you can. You can. But you need to learn to respond to the voice. See, I preach week after week after week, and you all say amen, and you nod your head, and you say hallelujah. But I don't think some of you get it yet. Because they don't seem to respond. See, and when God spoke to Moses, Moses acknowledged his master because he did what he was told to do. He took his shoes off. You say, well, that's not real becoming. Let's just not take our shoes off today, preacher. Well, what would you do if it was like Isaiah and God said, walk around naked for three years? I'll take my shoes off, Lord, any time. <laughs> take your pick. What about David? Go start dancing in front of the whole church. No, no, let me just take my shoes off. 
So see, 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 we want to sit there and say, oh, well, that's not dignified. Well, why would we think that God wants us to be dignified? God doesn't want us dignified. God wants us broken before him. God wants us yielded in humility before him. And so God, he speaks to our hearts. And when he speaks to our hearts, he says, obey me. And see, that's the biggest struggle with people. They don't want to obey Jesus. Why? Because it affects my comfort. Right? If I obey Jesus, I can't do. I can't go. I've got to adjust. And see, 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 Moses, when God spoke to him, he met his master because when his master spoke, he simply obeyed what God told him to do. And guys, life can be so much better. I'm not saying easier. I'm saying better when we learn to do what God says quickly. Quickly. See, it only, it only happens when you end up on that backside of that place where you, you finally realize I've had a good job and I've got a good family, but why am I still chasing this and that and nothing gives lasting satisfaction? Why is it I'm still trying to, to get a fix to excite myself going here, experiencing that? And all my buddies say do this, and, and I've done, and, and, and oh, it's fine for the moment, but, but I don't have that lasting satisfaction. See, see, we have replaced the joy of the Lord, which is a promise he has given to every believer. We've replaced it with entertainment today. And we've entertained ourselves silly. And we don't know what it is to know the joy that God pours out inside your soul. The joy where you know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The joy that you have when you know your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. The joy that you know because God is your Father. The joy you know because the Holy Ghost lives inside your life. The joy you know because the Word of God is rich and it's precious to you. The joy you know because God puts a song in your soul, inside your spirit, and you've got to express it. He said, obey. And he took his shoes off. Can you imagine God speaking and telling you something as simple as saying, remove your shoes. You're in a holy place. You're in my holy presence. You see, when Moses acknowledged him as Lord, as master, he experienced personally, just not seeing, he experienced personally the presence of God. And that's what we want to come here as the body of Christ, week in and week out. We want to experience personally the presence of God in our heart, in our life, the, the, the presence of God speaking to us, encouraging us, convicting us. See, see, he found God. He found God's person because God said, I am that I am. He found the very name of God. I am God Almighty. I am creator of heaven and earth. I am the Lord and I am sending you back and I am giving you a word and I am telling you who to go to and I am going to tell you when to speak. I am God and that's what needs to happen in my life. I need to meet him in such a way where I know I am has spoken to me and I am the living Lord and I am obeying my Lord and I'm going to do whatever God says and that's what you need. Do you know him as the great I am? I am your 
God. I am your sustainer. I am the giver of life to you. I'm the one that breathes life and purpose inside your life. I'm the one that gives you joy and fullness. I am God. That's what Moses found. He found out his name. See, see, that's why we pray in Jesus' name. We don't say that just to say we can finish our prayers in Jesus' name. When we pray in Jesus' name, we are praying in agreement with the will of God. We are praying in the plan of God. And Jesus and Father, they're honoring me. Father, they're glorifying me. Father, they're acknowledging me. It's not just a little phrase at the end like abracadabra. We're praying as Christ would pray in a situation we find ourselves in the name of Jesus. And that's why the devil hates the name of Jesus. And that's why the devil tries to silence the name of Jesus. That's why you can pray in anybody's name in America but Jesus and not get any flack over it. We pray in the name. The name I am that I am. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the blessed Son of God. He, 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 he said, I will pray in His name. I will pray in Jesus. In Jesus' name, demons are defeated. In Jesus' name, addictions are broken. In Jesus' name, power and strength are released. In Jesus' name, I got born again. How about you? Right? See, in Jesus' name, He found His mission. And see, guys, that's what... <laughs> That's what the devil is so great. He, he, he so gets us consumed with our comfort zone and what we think is convenient that we miss life's purpose and we miss life's mission. So what is your mission? You can be a plumber, you can be a milkman, a school teacher, I don't care what you're... What is your mission unto the glory of God? Because he has one for you. And Moses was told... By God. He said, it's time. Man, I, I long to hear that word. It's time my people come out of bondage. It's time my people come out of captivity. It's time my people come out of Egypt. It's time my people come out of the world. It's time. And you, Moses, go back and you go to Pharaoh. You go to the king. You go to the one who can take your life out because you fled from this place 40 years ago. You go. Now, then it got a little bit tricky like we did. And we say, Lord... I don't talk real good. You ever tell that to Jesus? Man, I've told that to him so many times. I am not a public speaker, God. Listen, there's a world of difference between being a public speaker and a preacher. Yeah. There's a world of difference between a preacher and a teacher. And we need preachers who preach the solid gospel of Jesus Christ. We need teachers who teach the word of God. But we don't need speakers. Listen to me. He said, you go to Pharaoh. And you tell him, let my people go. That's it. I'll tell you the rest when you get there. And by the way, Moses, he's not going to listen to you. It's going to take some convincing, but I got that covered. You don't have to convince him. I will. He said, take your hand and put it inside your jacket. And he did, and he pulled it out, and it was leprosy, white. And he put it back in, and it came out, it was clean as it could be. Moses can't do that trick on his own. You know that, don't you? 
He said, take that staff you've got and cast it to the ground. And he said, Lord, I don't want to get rid of my stick. I've had this stick for 40 years. This stick has been my constant companion. This stick has helped me across uneven paths. This stick has helped me as I've had to face wild beasts. I don't necessarily know if I want to get rid of my stick. He said, lay the stick down. And he does, and it became a serpent. Do you understand so many things that we possess have a serpent nature until we surrender it to God? And that thing you're struggling to lay down, it's got the nature of the serpent. And when you lay it down, it does not mean that God's going to give it back to you. He may, he may not. It's his choice, but you lay it down. And he picked it up by the tail, and it became a rod again. He said, you go. I'll take care of the details. You see, see, see that's where we struggle sometimes, isn't it? It's in the details. But, but what if... What if they answer the door tonight, God, when I'm knocking on it? What do I say? See, see, we we struggle with, with the details. What if they're rude to me? What if they don't like me? God says, get in the path of obedience. And I'll take care of the details. And there will be a group that will not like you. And if you're waiting on everybody to like you, you'll never serve Jesus. You'll never live for God. And the world will kill your babies because you compromise. The world will steal and destroy the dreams God wants to give you because you compromise. And so God said, I'll take care of the details. You go. And he went in obedience to what God says. But God will not force you. How did he learn this? He went to a place where he got isolated. He went to a place where he was alone without the distractions. He went to a place that was quiet and silent. We have a hard time driving down the road, don't we, without turning on the radio? We have a hard time not having our phone constantly at our side. And we wonder why God doesn't speak to us. Well, he can't because you got him on hold. Because too many other things are in your way. See, I believe in fasting, fasting from food, but I also believe in fasting from phones. And television. Because you've got to get to where you can say, God, speak to me. I'm listening for your voice. God, stop, stop letting me run anywhere and let me hear you and in those most unlikely places guess who you can meet I didn't know I was going to have to go to the doctor today I didn't know he was going to tell me that and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place you didn't choose to be guess who's already there And maybe he's saying, I want to speak to you. I want to teach you some things. Maybe he's saying, it's not always about our comfort zone. It's not always about our convenience. It's always about my glory and my will. It took Moses 40 years to get emptied of Egypt himself and when he finally realized 
I have nothing. God says, now you're ready. Now you're ready. And he sent him back. So, so what's God been trying to speak to you lately? Have you slowed down long enough to listen? And are you able to say, Master, because I obey you quickly. And, and maybe you're here today and for the first time blinders have come off your eyes and you realize I have never been born again. I'm a church member. I've been baptized. But I've never repented of my sin and met Christ as my personal Savior and Lord. Maybe today the Spirit of God is speaking inside you. He's blowing His breath in your heart where you understand your need for the first time that you're lost and you're undone. Hear me. Come to the altar. Come to Calvary. Respond to Christ as He speaks to you now. Why? Because this is the only day we have. Life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. Lost man, woman, boy, girl, come to Jesus. And maybe you're here and you know Christ, but you're cold and you're indifferent. You're you're backslidden on God. You didn't intend to get that way. But all of a sudden, it's been, it's been weeks. It's been months. And, and you realize there's a heart. And I've not been to church. I've not read my Bible. I've not sought the face of God. I've not walked in obedience. Oh, oh I claim to be a Christian. And I am a Christian. But, but, but I'm not living in the reality. I'm not a Bible. Maybe today, you need to meet Christ at this altar again. And say, God, here I am. Forgive me. I'm coming back to you like the prodigal. God, restore the joy of my salvation. Let me make whatever adjustments in my life that are necessary. But Lord, I come to you right now maybe you're here and you just need to say lord i don't know what's going on but you've burdened my heart so heavy but i've got to respond to this altar just to come and pray i want to obey you whatever it is god says i'm speaking to you right now don't turn a deaf ear to god father god we bow before you this morning we thank you for your grace we thank you for your mercy we thank you father how you work in our midst and god i ask you right now god if you would just continue to to speak to hearts if you would just begin to draw people because they understand lostness maybe for the first time father i, I pray god that one closest to hell father would cry out to you even this morning being saved god restore those who are backslidden restore those who are downtrodden give encouragement god give hope give Give your strength only as you can. Father, for your glory, speak right now to hearts. Let us block out everybody around us, God, and just listen to you. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen, amen, amen. Let's stand together. We'll sing the invitation. The altar's open. Won't you obey whatever God is speaking into your spirit this day? Now don't turn him away.